heavy love. Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey. Welcome to the intersection with your host, Malika Salam. That's right, I'm your host, Malika Salam. You gotta say the whole thing every time, just like a tribe called Quest and a pip named Slickback. So having a little bit of technical difficulties, I was trying to play my intro music because I've been on this all week. Um, so if I can get it pulled up, I'll go ahead and play a little bit of this for y'all. Let's see what happens there. I can't hear it. Can you hear it? Nope. Y'all gonna get this um, on the job training every week until I buy But it's it's just a little baby bit. It's let's see. Maybe if I put a little volume on it, maybe that'll solve the problem. It's going to be interesting, like, a couple more times until I get it, right? Y'all going to rock with me until then? So, let's see. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Ah, I think I found the problem, Sam. I think you have to have the volume turned up so that people can actually hear it. Can you hear it now? You can't hear anything. But I don't know that means that they can't hear it, so. Step up. Let's see if they can hear it out there, because he usually has the radio on. All right, I can hear it, so I think I got this. Y'all got that? Y'all know what it is. Y'all got that? There we go. All right, y'all. That was just a little uh, snippet of uh, this Jay-Z 444. That's definitely what I'm going to talk about for a hot little minute in the tea. So let's uh, dispense with all of the technical difficulties and get right into it. Um, and I'll be coming back with that a little bit later. So yes, since I've been gone, Jay-Z released 444. Everybody has had plenty to say about Jay-Z and 444. People have been trying to figure out what it means. They're all on the internet. They're back on the Illuminati, right? That 444, when you turn it upside down, is a 666. Like, really, y'all do the most when it comes to the Carter-Knowles clan and all of the suspicions. Um, and the thing that, like... I didn't realize, like I have title. I go ahead and pay for title because it's the only place that I can get lemonade because I'll be trying to be legal and not just, you know, bootleg because um, everybody had the bootleg links when it first came out. Um, but it's exclusively available through title. So like you can't, I have other music apps, but I can't see it on those other music apps. So I go ahead and play for title so I can see it because um, every once in a while I just need to get a little lemonade in my system. Sometimes it's my motivator. Sometimes it helps me to get past my own stuff. So, they, they send out these things exclusively, right? Title is his business. You are, you know, you get this exclusive content whenever he drops anything. I totally had no idea. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Maybe my um, notifications were off or whatever. Like, I just, I like what I like. I'm not necessarily checking out for everything that, you know, new that comes out. So, I missed it. I missed the whole big, you know, launch, drop at midnight, whatever he sent out. But it's cool because social media. So the next day, I go online, and the first thing that I see is the line about his mother and how his mother, uh, what is it, mama, uh, mama, had, mama had four kids, but she's a lesbian, was in the closet so long, she's, she's a thespian. And for me, I was like, I don't know whatever else he said on this album, 
I'm gonna listen to it off of that. I have a long-standing problematic relationship with Jay-Z because it's hard to call yourself a feminist and also rock out to Big Pimpin'. Clearly he was not um, caping being the knight on the white horse, silver armor, um, on a lot of his stuff. He said a lot of things about women and his relationships with women and two women problematic at the least um still a lot of questions out about you know who he did what with and when was there anything between him and foxy brown who may have been underage um so it's hard because he's one of my favorite rappers and he's in that category of a lot of folks who've been accused of doing things and maybe should not be a favorite um, and I'm not talking about folks like Kells. Like, we know who Kells is. We know what Kells is. We don't rock with Kells around this way. Um, but, you know, I rock with Jay-Z. And sometimes I'm ashamed that I rock with Jay-Z. And this particular album made me a little bit less ashamed. There have been so many think pieces written, though. Like, I was going to write a think piece for my blog in my problematic relationship with Jay-Z. One, I've seen a lot of women write responses and not nearly enough men. I'm curious to know what the men think about it. So please feel free to give me a call at 727-637-2416 right here at the all new 99.1 Jams, The Berg. If you want to give some insight, if you want to share what your opinion is, if you've actually listened to the album, um, it's a grown up album. So I judge that for those of us who've probably been rocking with Jay-Z since the beginning, uh, you, you may have formulated some opinion. So I'd be really curious to hear what the men have to say about it. Uh, the women have been very clear. <laughs> some of them have drugged this man for filth because finally the admission that he cheated on B and that he's not worthy of B. Okay, but like not new news. We did we we knew that. And he's had apologetic lyrics before. I like it. It's a grown-up album. Again, I rock with it. Um I'm interested to hear from the men if they have an opinion about this uh 444. Also, super super tears. Like I'm really sad in my heart and holding out hope that Netflix will go ahead and pick this up. Um, because that's where I got to see it and do all of my binge watching. Y'all, the Carmichael show is coming to an end. <sighs> Dang sad. Dang sad, I say. Because the Carmichael show was a comedy that actually dealt with real issues and real time and showed different perspectives all within one family. So you could get a father who was a Trump supporter, a son who was a, a black father. The father was black and a support and a Trump supporter. So let's like, let me just put that out there. Like they went there with this show. And so I'm really sad that it's been canceled. And um, I guess they're gonna finish it out. We'll see what happens, but it looks like they're gonna go ahead and finish it out for now. And then come back around. Um, well, no, they're not gonna come back around unless unless Netflix picks it up, which again, I'm holding out hope. Netflix has done a good job of bringing some shows back and breathing new life into them. So hopefully this will be one of those projects. Um, also, since we were last together, and this really just happened in the last few days and I'm really sad about it. Um, Y'all have probably heard this. Um, Nelson Ellis of True Blood fame. Oh, that was a lot to get out. Nelson Ellis of True Blood fame. If you watch True Blood, that's probably where you know him from. Um, True Blood gave us our dear Rutina Wesley, who's on Queen Sugar. Nelson um, passed this week due to alcohol withdrawal. And so uh, a lot of sadness about that. His character was what many of us hope for whenever we're looking at a show, whenever we get invested in a show, we want somebody who represents us. So he definitely was, are we, are we off? Is something off? <laughs> I feel like there's not some, some sound. You're not off. Not on. 
Nightland Jams the Berg. So then, we introduce the kid to All right, y'all. Looks like we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, so. I'm not sure what you caught and what you missed. You might have missed a whole lot. So let's real quick rundown. Jay-Z, 444. Guys, I want to hear your opinion on it. Ladies, I'm real clear where y'all stand. Um, give me a call at 727-637-2416. Fellas, if you want to weigh in on your opinions of this new Jay-Z, uh, 444. Uh, second thing was Carmichael's show has come to an end. Very sad about Carmichael's show coming to an end. Really, really hoping that Netflix picks it up. Um, if y'all are interested, you know I'm all about a letter writing campaign. Like, we can get it popping. Next thing I talked about was uh, the passing of Nelson Ellis. Very sad news. Uh, very sad day for our community. Both as people of color and people who are LGBT. Nelson Ellis, you may remember was Lafayette on True Blood and um, yeah very sad to hear about his passing so let's see I tried to watch Irv Gotti Tales I didn't want to watch the one that was on last night it was like Meek Mill something tour don't know don't care my whole like this is my this is my history of Meek Mill Church Nicki Minaj Sheether broke up. That's it. Like, that's it. So I really wasn't there for it. I did want to, however, see the first episode, which was supposed to be on um, the network site. You were supposed to be able to watch the full episode. Was not able to watch the full episode. It's not on there. There were a lot of clips, a lot of interesting clips. A lot of people have a lot to say. What was done, and it's not what I expected at all. So when Gia was here a couple weeks ago, she, t she said, hey, Irv Gotti, like, First of all, she said Irv Gotti, and I was like, where? I thought he was standing on the corner, because I'm like, I didn't realize he was, you know, still relevant enough to pull together a whole show. But apparently he is, so he pulled together a whole show. Um, I'm sorry, no shade, no tea. Well, tea, no shade. Pulled together a whole show, calls it tales, reinterpretations of rap videos as, like, mini-movies. So I was expecting like, oh, he's just reenacting the video. But no, it's like a scripted show and there's a whole, he brings these different pieces together as part of this whole um, theme. So it's a series and it all goes in order. The first song that he chose to do was NWA Up The Police. Except for NWA were all white boys. So he tells the story from what if everything that we've been saying about police brutality, about being um, profiled, what if that was coming to you from white people? How would it be taken then? So I haven't been able to find the episode. I know I said I don't like to bootleg. Um, so I'm not going to say that if y'all are on the black web, send me links. Um, I'm just going to say if y'all know where I can find it, let me know. Because I really want to see it and um, get into that. I don't know if I'm going to be there to watch like the whole series, but that was an interesting take on it. So I definitely wanted to check that out. Um, let's see. Rihanna also apparently has a new boyfriend. And it's been like all over the internet. And y'all had me thinking that she was dating like Chet Hanks. Like, I was thinking she was dating just some, you know, regular random guy, and y'all were so upset, like, oh, she's dating this ran regular random white guy. And so I was like, well, I understand y'all feel like you lost out, but, like, she's been through some things with some of y'all, so maybe that's why. Because everybody was like, oh, Rihanna went to the other side. I was hoping that meant that she was gay. But that's me, because I'm selfish, and I'm greedy, and that's what I wanted for my life. Um, but apparently that's not it. The other side means that she is dating outside of her race however the person that she's dating is like a saudi arabian millionaire 
So, dare I say, she may be dating outside of her race, but I'm fairly sure that not outside of her tax bracket. Like, I'm fairly sure she was like, you know what? Let me date up and go ahead and secure some things for my future. And maybe not. Maybe she's just having fun. But the real tea here is apparently the guy that she's dating used to be Naomi Campbell's boyfriend or boo thing or whatever. And Rihanna and Naomi were like close at one time. So you shady boots are out there all on the internet and all on the interwebs saying that Naomi and Rihanna are having beef because Naomi feels away because that used to be her man stop it just stop it stop propagating drama between women of color it is possible for us to get along and support each other and love each other and want us to have healthy and loving relationships maybe they didn't work out and it was a mutual agreement and Naomi went her way and he went his way and on his way going his way he found Rihanna they happy let him be happy stop trying to throw shade at everybody's children so let's see what else um, speaking of letter writing campaigns, so I told y'all how very upset that I was about the whole pride move and, um, and I meant it. So I went on the internet and I sent them my opinion and I'm waiting to hear back. So I will keep you guys updated and I think this week I'm going to send another strongly, strongly worded letter and I'm not going to submit it through the internet. I'm going to send it in an envelope with a stamp directly to the office so that they know that I mean business. If you care to join me, just hit me up at purplehairandconverse.com. Um, I have a contact page, my email, purplehairandconverse. Just look, look for me. You'll find me. Let me know that you want to join in this fight, and we can go ahead and do this together. There's strength in numbers, folks. We want something to change. we got to be about doing the work to make the change. So it is no longer um, two weeks ago when I was here. It was HIV testing, testing awareness week. Make sure to go out and get tested. Um, it is no longer HIV awareness testing week. That does not mean you should not go get tested. So, because y'all my booze and I love you, I made sure to find us some free resources right here in St. Pete. If you call Out of the Closet, which newly opened, newly thrift store opened here in St. Pete, uh, down on 26th and 34th, uh, if you go over to the south side, you can, you can walk in and make an appointment, you can call them and make an appointment, and they will give you a free HIV AIDS test. Ain't that something? Look at the provision of the Lord. <laughs> so... Um, one of the things that I was most upset with, oh, that's it, y'all. That's, that's the tea. I got it all out in such a short amount of time. I'm so proud of myself. I said I was going to come in and budget my time because I didn't give my subject enough time last time. And that was an important subject. Like, it, like that has some gravity to it. So we're going to be talking about that subject again this week. The subject being mental health. Um, and at the cross-section of race, at the cross-section of sexuality and gender. So if you have some insight, some input you want to share, again, please feel free to give me a call at 727-637-2416 at 991FM Jams Zuberg. And let's talk about it. So um, I thought about moving on. One, I didn't give the subject matter enough time, and that really made me feel away. But two, there was an incident that happened this week, and um, it really, really made me sad. So apparently, Maya Campbell is in Atlanta having a break. And some people are like, no, 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 it's not a breakdown. She's a crackhead. She's on drugs. Understand that some of the people that you see who are on drugs, some of the people who you see who are not functioning and on drugs are self-medicating. Maya Campbell has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So this is not a stretch. This is not us making excuses. This is not us calling something what it's not. She is she has a mental illness and I will not say she is mentally ill because she is not her illness she is still a person she is still a person who deserves compassion who deserves love and kindness and somebody in Atlanta some little 
I don't know if he's little or young or whatever, because I didn't even bother to give him the, the energy to do the research to figure out who he was to try to put him on blast, because his name doesn't matter in all of this. What he did, though, was awful. So he took a video of her in a very vulnerable um, state of having her breakdown and he posted it on the internet and it's been circulating on the internet throughout the last week and it is just it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking to know that this guy knew exactly who she was and his first inclination wasn't like dang sis like it's like man times are hard like let me throw a coat over you let me get you something to drink eat what type of help do you really need? Because the drug is not the help that you really need. So that's not what I'm going to give you. He went the exact opposite way with it. Um, so yeah, the intersection this week again is going to be about mental health. And it turns out that this is Minority Mental Health Month. I had no idea. I was looking at Mental Health Month, and it's important that you put those uh, qualifiers and quantifiers on there so that you can find specifically what you're looking for. So Mental Health Month in general is in May, but specifically Minority Mental Health Month is the month of July. So we got a little bit of time where, you know, we can do some talking and hashtagging and getting the resources that we need specifically for minorities. So if you're not sure if you're a minority, if you are a person of color, if you are a woman, if you are on the gender spectrum, if you are LGBTQIA2S, you would be considered a minority. And there are specific mental health um, issues that you may experience. So yes, what you may be seeing is bipolar disorder, um, and it may be a result of chemicals and exacerbated by your experience. So once again, I'm on NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness, same resources that I gave you guys last month. And I just want to read the statement. Um, and let me say this to give you guys a little bit of background. I come from a family of mental health professionals. That means that people in my family are clinicians, um, nurses that work in the psychiatric field, uh, psych techs, PAs, uh, RNs, and most of their work has been centered in mental health. I decided that I was going to go the opposite way. My granny told me, um, and she was a mental health professional in her career, and she worked for a state mental hospital, and she said, it takes crazy people to work with crazy people. And that was all she had to say. Because one, I was determined not to be crazy. And if I worked with so-called crazy people, then I knew for a fact that I was crazy. So I stayed away from that altogether. Staying away from that didn't prevent my diagnosis though. It didn't prevent my diagnosis with bipolar disorder. It didn't prevent my diagnosis with acute social anxiety disorder, which means, yes, I am a friendly person and a social butterfly, but you have no idea what it takes for me to get ready and to go out and be in public. Those who are closest to me have had to see that, witness that, put me back together when I've melted down into a pool of nothing before it was time to do something, before I could go out and put on my face. It's real, folks, and you don't always see it. It doesn't always look like what you think it's going to look like. Um, one of my favorite books to read by Pearl Cleese is What Looks Like Crazy on an Ordinary Day. You, you never know. You never know. Um, it's not like having a, dis a physical disability where people can see it on the outside. I manage mine well. I manage it with a lot of meditation and spirituality, knowing what my triggers are. And I have been dealing with this for the past 20 years. Only one of those 20 years was I medicated. A lot of those years I was self-medicated. Um, and, and I have had to learn different modalities of dealing with these diagnoses. I am not bipolar. I have been told I have bipolar disorder. 
I am not social anxiety. I've been told that I have social anxiety disorder. I am not PTSD. I have PTSD. It is a symptom of experiences that I've had being black, being a woman, being Latina, being queer. So I say all of that um, to say that I, I stayed far away from the things that I thought would make me crazy. Spiritually, there were things that I wouldn't do. I just tried to walk the straightest line possible for as long as I could, even when that wasn't my truth. And when I say I tried to walk the straightest line, I tried to live a straight life, meaning I tried to be heterosexual, I tried to be Christian, I tried to be all of the normative things that I was taught looked not crazy. And that was the most insane thing that I could do. The line from 444 registered with me so much about his mother because I judged that if my children were performers and they were doing an introspective piece, they'd also be able to sing, say the same thing about me that there were times in my life that I wasn't living my truth. And even though they knew and I knew, um, I was living in insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, pretending to be somebody that I wasn't in a quest for acceptance, which I thought would bring me happiness. So having said all of that, I'll bring it back around. So I stayed away from mental health as a career. And I got a career in journalism, in mass communication. So I'm a writer. Um, this I'm doing radio now. I've done a podcast. And all of that made sense. That's a big part of who I am. That's been a big part of who I am since I was a child. I've been writing for as long as I can remember and being published for as long as I can remember. All of it was a quest. When I started school, I started as a pre-med major. And all of it was a quest to do something different. So I got out of the medical field, stayed away from the mental health field, uh, graduated, got about four degrees in different things that had to do with uh, sociological background things, communication things. I was all set to go back to law school this year. Not go back as in I started, but I was going to go back to school after a long break. I finally decided I'm going to fulfill this dream. I'm, I'm over a certain age that I had set for myself, so I'm going to fulfill this dream of going back to school and being a lawyer. People are asking, well, what type of law do you want to practice? I don't know. Corporate law. Civil law. Defense. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't give anybody a straight answer because I really didn't know. I just felt like I had to do something. Again, I had a lot of loss, and so there was that moment where I was just like, I've got to be doing something with my life. My life has to mean something. All of these people who went before me gave me all of the support, told me how you know, wonderful I was and I could do anything I wanted to do. That cannot be in vain. So I'm going back to law school. I'm going back to school, get a degree, gonna be a lawyer. And then one day, it slowly crept up. It had been creeping up for a while because I do different types of work where I create uh, safe, sacred, nurturing, and nourishing spaces for women. That is important to me. That encompasses doing interpersonal work, mental health work. I am one of the friends who my friends know that they can call and say, hey, I'm having an anxiety attack. Help me. Just, just talk to me. Help process me through this because they know that I know what that feels like, that I've been there. So I've been in those, those places and those spaces to be able to do that work. And it occurred to me that the thing that I had been running for, from, running from for most of my life was doing work in the mental health field. And I have some really good friends who are doctors, who are clinicians, who work in the mental health field. And so when I hit them up and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Can I get some assistance? What would you suggest? They were like, welcome to the tribe. <laughs> We've been waiting on you. We knew that you were capable of doing this. This is what you need to look for. This is the program. So I will actually be going back to school this fall. I have been working very hard uh, since earlier this year to get everything in order to make that possible so that I can become a licensed mental health counselor. That is, that is the goal right now. And why is that important? Why does this all come back? How does this all come back to this mental health work? Well, again, I told you I avoided anything that I thought would look crazy. 
So I, it's Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm on the NAMI site, that's N-A-M-I.org. Y'all go check it out. And this is what it has to say. Mental health conditions do not discriminate based on race, color, gender, or identity. Anyone can experience the challenges of mental illness, regardless of their background. That means that if you've been a TV star, if you've been a radio personality, if you've been a best-selling artist, if you had everything, if you had nothing, mental illness is non-discriminatory. And some of those factors absolutely affect what's going on with your particular diagnosis. Background and identity can make access to mental health treatment much more difficult as well. So in 2008, National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month was established. Uh, taking the challenges of mental health conditions, health coverage, and the stigma of mental health, taking on, sorry, the challenges of mental health conditions, health coverage, and the stigma of mental illness requires all of us. In many communities, these problems are increased by less access to care, cultural stigma, and lower quality care. So, why is that important? Because basically, if you are a poor person, or if you are a person of color, or if you are a person of color who happens to be poor, you are probably not going to have the same access to care um, for your mental health illness or condition as you would if you were, say, a cisgendered white male, cisgendered white female, um, a person of means, meaning middle class or higher. Also, you are probably going to face some cultural stigma so I'm from a family that is people of color who worked in the mental health field. And yet, there are some of my family members who refuse to get treatment. I have a brother that was born addicted to drugs and possibly alcohol. And when he was little, he was so, people would say he was fussy. He was so fussy, he could never be satisfied. It took a lot to get him calm. There were only certain people who could really um, deal with him and get him to calm down. This is when he was a baby. This is before he was even school age. Nobody wanted to talk about the fact that there may be some mental issues there because nobody wanted him to be labeled. Nobody wanted him in the system or to go into the system. As he got older and he went into school, he fell right into the school to prison pipeline, kindergarten, he was kicked out of uh, school 21 times, suspended. How do you even suspend a kindergartner? Like what can a kindergartner do to get suspended? And he wasn't a violent child, like he wasn't throwing chairs and like, like there are kindergartners, and Sam, you can attest to this, there are, there are kids right now who are in, in elementary school, swinging from the rafters, throwing chairs, yeah like cussing teachers out like doing the most he was he was difficult he was temperamental and i'm not and understand i'm gonna lay the whole story out for you like i'm not trying to sell my brother as being something better or different than he was i'm being very honest and very transparent right now that he had a lot of issues that were not addressed and they were not addressed over a long enough time period that his decision making he was so impulsive in his decision making that he often found himself in places with people doing stuff that he had no business being involved in, which has now landed him in prison. And that's where he's been for the last 20 years. And it's not for something that he did, but he was in the place or around the place per the evidence that the prosecution presented. And that's a whole nother thing. And we'll get into the prison industrial complex and those intersections at another time. But I say that to say, when he got suspended 21 times in kindergarten, at that point, that's when those conversations should have been had. At that point, that's when they should have said, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation about what's going on with this kid. What, you know, why, why is he so easily frustrated? Why does he have a problem with impulse control? Why can't he stay in his seat? Those things that we know are markers of something else going on, not just being a rambunctious kindergartner or being a, you know, rowdy boy or all of those labels that people would throw at him. So... He was in high school before he had an IEP. 
from kindergarten suspended 21 times to high school. And it wasn't until then that they finally diagnosed him with a learning disability. And I'm fairly sure that he has some of the same issues that I have because we came from the same household and the same background. And I'm sure that there's some PTSD there. And he was, whereas I was put in counseling very early because it was a requirement, because I went to school and said, hey, this thing happened to me. And they were like, we need to make sure that she's, you know, getting the help that she needs to process this. He wasn't given that same, he wasn't given that same support and that same structure. So whereas I, I knew that at an early age and when as an adult I started having issues, I knew to go to counseling um, and I've had 20 years to, to work on it. He did not get that. And that's what I mean by there are disparities. There's a cultural stigma. As a black man, he was told how to behave not to get in trouble. When he didn't do that, he got in trouble. But nobody looked up under that. Nobody looked up under that and said, why are you angry? Why are you sad? What's going on to get to the root of it? We often do that. As a society, we look at people and we say, oh, they're crazy. Or they're an alcoholic. Or they are a crackhead. And we don't get up under what's going on. So, for Minority Mental Health Month, it is possible for you to do a part to change that. These are the suggestions from NAMI. Help spread the word in the many awarenesses, support and ad advocacy activities that you can, um, let's see, let me just read it directly. Help us spread the word through the, through the many awareness support and advocacy activities below by showing that you're hashtag into mental health. Share minority mental health awareness information. Images and graphics, hashtag minority mental health, minority mental health throughout the month of July. So you can find some of those things on the NAMI website. Um, one of the people that I connected with today as I was looking for podcasts, um, there's a podcast that I follow called, called A Different Perspective by Dr. Amber Thornton. You can find, um, she, is a psychologist of color. She's a woman of color. She talks about these things on her podcast. Um, she's also on Instagram, Dr. Amber Thornton, and she had a post up today, um, hashtag minority mental health, which is how I found out that this was that the rest of this month we can give re recognition for Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and she had a challenge. She said, if you're not sure, so the, her question that she posed today was, what are you doing for self-care? And you know, I always tell y'all, self-care is an imperative. You cannot serve from an empty vessel. If you have not taken care of yourself, mind, body, spirit, if any of those things are lacking, you have nothing that you can give to somebody else. And if you give them what you don't have, now you are going into your resources and you in, into your reserves and you will wear yourself out and break yourself down and it will never be enough. So, what are you doing for self-care? For me, once a week, I give myself a manicure and then I feel pretty. And today I was feeling especially pretty and I have this golden glitter spray and I sprayed it on myself this morning before I went to work. Now mind y'all, I work from home so nobody could see me, but I felt pretty to me. And that set the tone for my day. And I just felt light and loved and grateful and appreciative. Today was in fact a good day. And it started because I gave myself a little self-care. If you're not sure what to do, if you're not sure what self-care looks like for you, um, Dr. Thornton also posted, if you go again, find her on Instagram, a suggestion to use the 21 day self-care challenge. And if you don't use that one, if you're on Pinterest and put in self-care challenge, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, just put in the hashtag self-care challenge and it will give you a multitude of things to choose from um, to do some type of self-care. Now, America's mental health care system needs improvement, including when it comes to, and especially when it comes to serving marginalized communities. If you want to know how you can become more involved, with Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, again, go to nami.org. 
If you need help right now, you can call 1-800-950-NAMI. You can also email them, info at nami.org. And if you need to find help in a crisis, do not wait, do not hesitate. Text NAMI to 741-741. And this may not be for you, but this may be for somebody you know. Remember, that person that you think has a drinking problem or a drug problem or is extra sad or extra angry or even laughing. Have you ever talked to a person who just laughs at everything? Like you can be telling them that your cat died and you're just boohooing in tears and they're like, oh my God, your cat died. <laughs> it's not that they don't care. There is an emotional illiteracy there. And it may very well have to do with some trauma that they've dealt with and they have just taught themselves to laugh through life, to laugh through every situation, to just get over it not go through it, not experience it, not process it. So if it's not for you, maybe it's for somebody you know, um, get the help that you need. And we're sending out lots of love and light and healing energy to Maya Campbell. All right, I had to take a break after that. I had to take just a little breath, just get myself back on track. Um, that is never, never, ever going to be easy for me to talk about. It is easier, and it's easier because I have friends and family and a tremendous support system. One of the things that I judge has had an impact on Maya Campbell specifically was the loss of her mother. Her mother was the writer B.B. Moore Campbell and she died from breast cancer. And it seems as if Maya definitely went on a um, downward spiral after that. And loss can do that to you. Being sad, being uh, stuck in that place, not, and it's not that you don't want help, sometimes you don't even know how to ask for help from that space. That can be very difficult. And again, I, I am fortunate um, that I had people who literally like stood in the gap. They were like, girl, if you need the pillow fort, go pillow fort. We'll stand outside the pillow fort and hold everything down so you can do what you need to do to heal. And I don't, and I know, I know that if I had not had that love and help and support, the outcome would have been much different. So shout out to my fam band. Y'all know who they are. Y'all haven't met, y'all haven't met, I can't even call him the boy anymore. Like, he's going to be a man. Like, he's going to be a legal man in just a couple months. We are going to finish his registration on Friday, and he will be an official college student, and I'm just not even, not ready at all. So, uh, I don't know what to call him. Like, I'm not ready to call him the man, but I can't call him the boy. And he's six foot two. Like, it's also weird. Like, you know, there's the boy, and then there's the chocolate girl wonder, and there's Sam. Like, I don't, what do I call him? We're, we're going to come up with something to call him other than the boy. And I could, I could be like, well, my son. But, like, we do relationships around here. Like, Sam is my lover. Sam, I'm sorry, we talked about this too. Ah, yes, possessive nouns. We talked about this the last time, right? My wife, my lover, my girlfriend. Those are possessive nouns. Sam is her own person. Sam chooses to be in a relationship with me. I choose to be in a relationship with Sam. Sam, however, is not my property. She does not belong to me. She just chooses to be in a relationship with me. And that takes a lot of moxie, kid. <laughs> so thank you um, for showing up. Thank you for being supportive. And then there is the son. The son. He's the son right now. Who's headed to college and who's um, super supportive. He's actually at home right now making dinner for us so that we could both be here. Because uh, Sam is my 
I'm gonna use my this time. Sam is my emotional support partner as well. So she shows up and makes sure that, uh, y'all notice I'm not wiping all the sweat off my brow. Sam made sure that the fan was pointed at me this week. We didn't forget the fan. So Sam made sure that I, make sure you have water so you don't get dry and you don't get dehydrated because it gets hot in there. Um, do you have your laptop? Do you have your cord? Oh, you need a jack. Okay, where can we go find a jack? Like that, Sam. So um, that type of love and support is immeasurable. Very grateful for that. Y'all, we're still missing the chocolate girl wonder. Where is Wilhelmina Slam? I feel like she went to, you know, I'm a caller. I just texted her. I'm I'm a caller heifer because I'm mad because she has started a new page on IG where apparently like she's Memphis Mina or something. I'm like, did you defect? Have you gone back to Memphis permanently? Like, are you not coming back at all? So we are missing a part of our tribe right now. Um, so shout out to the Chocolate Girl Wonder, a.k.a. Memphis Mina aka Wilhelmina Slam. Be happy to have her back in the Berg soon. She'll be back on the show cutting up with me soon enough. Definitely have to give a shout out to my Memphis peeps who hold me down. Like I'm 800 plus miles away and they make sure to share the post. They make sure to let their friends know. They check in. We have a chat. They check in on the chat. You know, hey, are you going live? Make sure to go live, record so we can catch it after work because we're in different time zones. Shout out to my St. Pete folks. I have a list now of people that I need to come on this show. So I plan on having more guests. Again, been working on the technical difficulties and figuring out how to work things in the studio. I think I am getting a pretty good handle on it. We only had one little hiccup. Uh, so if you missed the first few minutes of the show, that's what was happening. But if you follow me at Purple Hair and Converse, you can see the Facebook Live and you'll get the whole thing. So there you go. I always got y'all. Got your back. Shout out to my St. Pete and Tampa Bay folks. Um, definitely shout out to my spiritual family at the Botanica. Yemaya Oloku. And let's talk about who tried it this week. So obviously, the biggest who tried it for me this week was one, the person who shared the video of Maya Campbell. Like... This is one of those moments where I wish that I wasn't on FM radio because this is where all of the intersections come together to form some very colorful language. I am a proficient profanator, and I would like to call that man some names that I cannot say in front of my grandmother or on the radio in front of the children. So let's just say... Um, he is an ASN, and some of y'all know exactly what, I, what that means, so I don't have to go any further. Um, don't exploit people. Get them the help that they need. And he tried it, and he failed. Because there's more of us who believe in helping people and doing the right thing. There's more of us who are out here doing this women's work and who see women in need and are willing to create safe, sacred, nurturing and nourishing spaces for them. There are more of us out here who are willing to do the work to change the outcome, who are willing to share the images and the graphics, who are willing to use the hashtags than there are of him. Two of those people tried it this week. One of those people, your own chocolate girl wonder. That's right, Harlem Knights went on Instagram and used her feed to uplift and support Maya Campbell. That was a proud mother moment and that was a proud woman moment. Because at 14, she saw what was going on and she shared a post and she had the right heart when she shared it, but the wrong graphic. She took it down immediately came back and said, I apologize because that's not what I was trying to represent. And this sister doesn't deserve to be exploited. What she needs is some love and some life. And so she put out a rally cry for people to do that. So, young Harlem Knights, you tried it. 
you succeeded. The other sister, and how I even found out about this story, there's a sister in Atlanta, Beretta Scott King. If you don't know about her, you are missing a true and living gem. When I say this sister does women's work and puts in women's work, you will never hear her name brought up in any type of confusion where she was, you know, oh, she doesn't support black women or she doesn't support women of color or she's, you know, this, that, or the third. Um, I reached out to her. We're, we had mutual friends and um, there was a post that she wrote on Facebook and I reached, I, I actually, we became friends on Facebook through these other mutual friends. I reached out to her because she wrote a post um, about healthy sexuality and I asked her if I could use it for my blog. She gave me permission to use it for my blog and she was so generous and understanding about it and I knew in that moment like that's who she was like it wasn't an act so that is absolutely what she does and she is the how I found out about the Maya Campbell story because again sometimes I'm just not on social networks I have to kind of check out for my own mental health because it can be daunting to be on Facebook to be on Instagram to be on Twitter to be on Snapchat and see everybody's business because apparently like Robin China had a meltdown I was also avoiding that I didn't want to know anything about it don't know don't care um, and because of her I you know found out about the story and she was calling folks out like left and right like this is not how we do this at all this is not how it would will be done this is not how it should be done um, not on her watch and I appreciate that about her she means it she absolutely means it she absolutely does that work 100% all the time so very um, so yeah Beretta Scott King you tried it you succeeded well y'all we're coming to the end of this episode are these episodes i don't know i'm still working out the radio like terminology and lingo i'm gonna have to get in here with some of these radio guys for a little bit more season and let them show me some things so that this can flow a little bit smoother um but we're on our way out i want to thank you again for joining me for this edition is it edition <laughs> this edition of the intersection and we're going to close out with some of that four 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 See, this is where the technical part comes in. One day I'm going to have it all together. And it's coming. Oops. I think it's coming. I can't hear anything. All right. When all else fails, you go to cement. But cement is the worst that cement I not playing. I don't know. Turn your mic off. Always turn your mic off too. Don't keep your mic playing. Okay? I just want to talk to it. I'm better than I ever been. I'm everywhere you never been. I'm better than I ever been. I'm everywhere you never been. I'm better than I ever been. I'm everywhere you never 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 been. I'm everyw